we are going over two Columbia Noirs from the, the Columbia Noir collection on Criterion, uh, the Criterion channel, which is streaming now. And we went with a couple that neither Luke or I have seen, The Big Heat and Nightfall. Um, and, uh, I mean, if you know anything about film, you know... Uh, Noir is a big deal. Yes. And even if, yeah, if you just know things about People pop like culture it. in general, yes. you know about the private eye and the uh, the femme fatale and, you know, everything uh, everything that goes into a noir. And I feel like they, they, like nowadays, obviously, there aren't a whole lot of uh, noirs being made, but I think they're definitely like... The, in, uh, the influence, nevertheless, is uh, yes. present in like, uh, you know, thrillers and mm-hmm. um, action films for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about, uh, about noir movies and some of our favorites, um, before we jump into, um, before we jump into this week's, uh, two movies, this double feature. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, uh, Luke, what are some of your favorites or what kind of, what draws you to, uh, noirs? Cause it's definitely, um, it's definitely probably one of my favorite genres when it comes to classic film. Yeah. Definitely what's drawn me to noir is just from is just, just trying to be a film guy in general. Mm-hmm. You feel <laughs> like you need to go down the list of noirs for sure. So like I remember I took a whole class on film noir, for instance, and we that's like was my big introduction into it where mm-hmm. and we read like the books and the watch the films. Oh wow. So like yeah, so like I read like Double Indemnity and The Big Sleep and Out of the Past and stuff like that. Um yeah, and it was a it was just like a big introduction. So I saw all like the typical noirs you would see. Um I'd say my favorite noirs at this point would be uh Sunset Boulevard. Mm. By Billy Wilder, Wilder and In a Lonely P- Place by Nick Ray, which happens to be under the Columbia Noir section in the Criterion channel. Yeah, I just added that to my uh, to my Criterion list. That uh, that that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a a Bogart performance that truly like stands above like all the rest. Uh-huh. Like you'll know, you'll you, it just yeah it stands out a lot when you watch it. Sweet, yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned before Double Indemnity. That's another uh, classic one, Definitely. always thrown up yeah. at the top um, noir movies. Um, and uh, and The Big Sleep too, which is one I haven't seen yet because I'm in the middle of reading. So Ooh, interesting okay. that you read that too. Yeah, because I I got The Big Sleep maybe like two years ago as a book, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm going to read this and then watch the movie afterwards. And I just haven't gotten around to, fin- to yeah. finishing it. So it's how long it takes to finish a book nowadays? I know, about, yeah. a, about a year. <laughs> just can't hold my attention. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm loving the book so far. So I'm excited to um, actually see the movie. I actually um, just recently saw The Big Sleep at uh, the Music Box Theater. Oh, is nice. doing a big a big bogey. It's they're calling it a bogey Bacall series, mm. and they're doing all the uh, films that Humphrey Bogart and I believe it's Margaret Bacall. I might be getting that mistaken. Did together one um, of the Bacalls, essentially. <laughs> yeah, one of the Bacalls. Yeah, uh, essentially they're they're uh, romance movies, and so that also includes like To Have and Have Not and uh, Dark Passage and. Um, 
uh, that one John Ford adventure film. Not John Ford, um, John Houston, uh, Key Largo. Key Largo, yes. yeah, okay. Yeah. So the, nice. yeah, those are all there. Yeah. So while we were doing this noir, uh, this little noir thing, I was also watching noirs at the music box. Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I actually saw the big sleep on 420 of all days. <laughs> nice. you, would, you, you know what I mean? Like you start the day like seeing <laughs> the big sleep. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect day. It's an interesting way to start a 420. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Dark Passage too, which is I mean Humphrey Bogart's in like any like well known noir, um, which yeah. is pretty crazy. But uh, Dark Passage is one I really liked uh, too. Uh, Maltese Falcon that is a that's a pretty popular yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, and and we talk a lot like the Columbia Noir. Like uh, they in Columbia Noir they talk about how like it was a big deal because they were trying to budget and. Mm-hmm you see in films like the Maltese Falcon, how like they truly are budgeting in this while also telling a very good story because in like a movie like the Maltese Falcon, they're totally like every scene takes place in like the same room. Yeah. And then the, the story kind of builds through different characters um, coming in or more characters and eventually like some, a fi- uh, like a phys- like some physical violence or a gun popping out you know mm-hmm. and it's all all that's it's all very contained you know yeah yeah for sure and i was reading up more about noirs in general and they were all like low budget and almost like b movies back in the day right um which is really cool a lot of them became you know cult hits and um i mean that led them to still be popular today like detour yeah. is another one that been on Criterion. Oh, yes. I, yeah, like I watched that rec- very one. recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're hot. they're just so cool to me. Yeah, and like that low budget look, mm-hmm. like it enhances the film noir rather than hinders it. Yeah, it, like gives it that gritty feel that we all like. And uh, yeah, filmmakers were able to just like influence things, other things like lights to create like really just deep shadows that. Like, for instance, in, like, Double Indemnity or The Third Man, you just see, like, mm-hmm. the coolest shadows in it that give it that feel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, they're, I mean, film noir means essentially film dark or film black. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah then they, they truly are. It just adds to the mystery. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, I think everybody can, uh, most people really do love, you know, a good mystery or anything like that right. and um and yeah. a lot of them are like that um yeah yeah and, and a lot of film noirs like you know like even though they don't make them specifically today like you could see how their influence into noir like blade runner for instance mm-hmm. is obviously from a film noir and that's like blade runner's definitely been one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. um and also like one of my favorite movies is uh inherent vice and inherent uh. vice is totally just influence from the structure of a film noir it's it's more of just like a like a 70s hippie hippie subculture noir it's yeah Yeah. so like the the things that they've been able to do with the genre just even after uh, classic hollywood has just been especially interesting yeah definitely yeah and it's even um i mean nowadays there's even no noir influence in movies like uh i know shane black is 
yeah, um, really influenced definitely. by like uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Kiss Kiss or... Bang Bang, the Nice yeah. Guys. Yeah, it's always definitely. like there's always like a private eye in those, and that's um, but they're a little different because they can be a little wacky and goofy at times. But yeah, uh, at the heart these... of it, they're still very much stylized like an OR. Yeah. Well, I guess should we just jump into uh, yeah? One of these... I think we op- I think we open Noir. Yeah, <laughs> well you get enough. the gist yeah. now. Um, uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, I say we start with Nightfall, uh, which is the. Uh, I might be pronouncing this wrong. Jacques Tourneau. Jacques, Tor- Jacques Tournier, I believe. Tournier, nineteen fifty-seven. Uh, noir, and this is definitely more of a uh, um, a low-budget B movie. I guess it it seems like. Um, yeah. But overall, um, not sure about you. I really enjoyed it. Definitely. Um, and someone who is the uh, who's the leading female in it? Um, oh my gosh, she was married to Mel Brooks, and I'm just blanking on her name now. Um, and uh, and, and Bancroft. Bancroft, yeah. She was married to Mel Brooks, huh? Yeah, yeah, and Very nice. uh, also stars in The Graduate, which is a fairly famous oh, movie yeah, yeah, from yeah, back yeah. in the day. I, I remember looking that up. Yeah, when yeah, she's. The gra- yeah, she's yeah. Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. Robinson, yeah. She's probably the, the biggest name in this. Um, but yeah, I thought this was uh, another one. Something I like about Noirs is that I feel like they're easy to get into right away. And I thought this one was too. They're not like super long, epic stories. Uh, kind of right from the get-go, they usually start yeah, you off set, in something. This is set in rural Wyoming. So it's, yeah. it's about small town people. Yeah. Yeah, in that it, sense, in that sense, I don't know about you, it reminded me of like a Coen Brothers movie. I was just going to say sense. that. It, it reminded me of Fargo yep. a little bit. Um, Many reasons it reminded me of Fargo too. Yeah, and I, I liked I liked that about it a lot. I, I thought it was I thought this was one of the more unique new unique noirs I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of things that made me uh, think of Fargo watching it. I mean, one, the setting, obviously, and then also, um, you know, there's the wood chipper in Fargo, and in this, right. there's uh, the snowplow, which is definitely... Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. And that was definitely one of my... Uh, I, I loved that moment uh, in it. Not as much blood as I thought there would be, but it was 1957, so... Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love that. I felt like that was a little, a little bit of humor tossed in there, too, because that's definitely sort of a funny way to die um yeah it's yeah. also like being in that those noir like rabbit holes at two different points in time mm-hmm. like the struct the whole structure of the movie yeah definitely and uh something i mean i know hitchcock does this a lot too um but i i feel like you see it in a lot of noirs is it's like uh an ordinary person kind of thrown into this crazy situation or some random mm-hmm. thing happens to them in their life, and then all of a sudden they're, um, you know, their life is flipped, turned upside down, and they're, um, you know, being chased by these uh, these criminals and everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. And here I'll actually I'll read the uh, the plot summary. Yeah, here, we should. Yeah. Uh, from uh, from IMDb, through a series of bizarre coincidences, an artist finds himself falsely cl- accused of bank robbery and murder and is pursued by authorities and the real killers. So yeah, I thought this was, um, like I said, like an ordinary person getting caught up in this. I thought that was really, uh, it also reminded me of something like North by Northwest where, uh, yeah, you know, Cary Grant didn't do anything wrong, obviously, but then he's, um, all of a sudden 
um, being chased after by the authorities and by other uh, criminals and everything. Um, yeah, and, and in most noirs, it is usually like someone of a, known to be a cunning or a detective, usually, usually mm-hmm. or like so, a special brain or a special determination you would say but yeah that's i think that's definitely a quality that's separated this from other noirs i'd seen yeah yeah and i also thought that it was um it was more violent and dark than um some noirs can be um because in a way i mean Mm -hmm. i guess a lot of them are dark um but you know violent in the sense that I, i didn't seem like the uh the villains per se or these uh, bank robbers were afraid to just kill, you know, uh, like they yeah, kill his friend there's easily. A sadi- there's a little sadism to them for sure. Yeah. They're not just sort yeah. of these wacky um, mob bosses or something. Um, but yeah, so there was actually some, uh, um, some great tension and thinking that, wow, these guys might actually just kill, kill them right now. Um, right. Kill these like major characters. Um, and something I also, uh, wrote down is that I loved the, the song in the beginning too. I love, they had like, uh, I, I don't even remember how it went, but it was like nightfall, like something about nightfall mm. in the song. And it was like <laughs> the opening credits. And I was like, Oh, this is like a James Bond movie or something. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I really, uh, I really like that too. I think it's overall really solid noir and, um, definitely an easy one to, uh, to get into. It's only, an hour 18 minutes too so it's like watching yeah. a good episode of a crime show really <laughs> definitely i think jack tournier like this is one of my first films of his but actually one of my first noirs i ever saw was one of his out of the past and that's a very accessible oh. noir by the way um but i think jack tournier is actually like considered a god of cinema um considering he's made all these like noir films and he's also was no you know he's made films like cat people um i walked with the zombie and the legend and the leopard man which were really iconic horror films at yeah. the time so i think we just kind of spilled onto this kind of film genius <laughs> unintentionally yeah for real yeah i didn't realize he had all these like uh iconic horror movies under his belt too yeah cat people it also looks wow. like he directed an episode of the twilight zone yeah i see that too yeah and it's that's another thing with noirs is that obviously there are some big names that directed them, but um, a lot of times too, there's one like um, like Jacques Tournier here that he's not like a huge name that the average person probably hasn't heard of him. But um, but I would say a lot of people have at least, uh, if not heard of some of these movies, seen maybe some um, some shots of them or definitely seen and um, his influence in modern day movies for sure. Right, yeah, and uh, and no uh, no recasting this week. Um, no, just I'm sorry. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's just a lot of characters in these, and especially in the other film. Yes, yeah, and it's. Just... I think when you told me you didn't want to recast, I was in the middle of watching The Big Heat, and I understood why. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, man, I don't like. I'm just overwhelmed trying to think of. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know right now. <laughs> But yeah, I would say uh, rather than recasting, um, if you're uh, if you're listening now, take to heart what we uh, what we recommended about those other noirs. Check those out, uh, and especially mo- the modern day ones too. You know, um, the different films nowadays that are um, influenced by noir and Blade Runner is a great example. 
Yeah. Um, and I, I like talking, like doing the reverse thing of like talking about movies that these really remind you of today. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it really like, it just helps, you know, it ho- helps these films hold more weight, you know, it yeah. shows their, shows their importance, you know, yeah. because like when you bring up a film that like night, just nightfall, like out of nowhere that people don't know, like it's, and without context, it's, it's hard to grasp onto it, understand its importance sometimes without bringing up um, an iconic film from today, like Fargo, you know, that it really mm-hmm. reminds you of. Which this true this truly does. I would not be surprised if the Cohen brothers were inspired by this when writing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I do feel, at least um, me personally, a lot of the noirs I've seen have been in a similar setting, like. Um, you know, whether it be like a city, more of a city like mm-hmm. New York or Very, something yeah, like highly LA. populated, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of police, which to also another point about this movie, like there's not a there's a lack of authority definitely present mm-hmm. um, for sure, where, you know, it's kind of like citizens operating on their own in this situation, which is which is pretty different than most noirs, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because there's always a large uh, police presence, especially with um, the next movie we'll talk about, The Big Heat. Um, and yeah, I, I think uh, a great double feature for someone to do is watch this and then watch Fargo right after. Um, yeah, I think you definitely, because it definitely made me want to rewatch Fargo again, um, just to see if I can notice any other similarities or influence uh, influence in it. And Fargo is definitely, I would probably say, a modern day noir. Um, I guess it was from over 20 years ago, but um, relatively modern. Um, yeah. Yeah. Any other, uh, any other thoughts on Nightfall? Uh, no, that's all I got. I think, um, but I think I would definitely w- would watch this film again, like mm-hmm. to gain more insight and in- insight into it. You know, it, it's, it definitely left me with that. There's a lot of old films I have to revisit and this is definitely one of them. Yeah. Where you totally, where you, where you feel you don't, didn't totally hundred percent grasp all of it on the first watch. That's kind of how I feel with this one. Definitely. Yeah. Is I mean, a lot of noirs are um, definitely shorter uh, movies and more concise, but um, there's always a lot of moving parts. I feel like at the same time. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely one I'll definitely want to revisit too and, uh, uh, and check out. And we recommend uh, that you check it out as well. Uh, it's on the criterion channel. Um, as are a lot of it's other classic the, films. So, <laughs> so if you're interested, you can always do the uh, the free first month trial. Yeah, and then uh, and let us know what you think too. And uh, and with that, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the big heat. All right, we are back. I am recording, <laughs> and we are recording live on tape. Um, and the next film we watched on our double feature here is The Big Heat, uh, Fritz Lang movie, 1953. Yeah, um, known for uh, M and Metropolis. So yes. we got another We got another cinema pioneer here. Oh, yes. Highly, influ- highly influential. Um, I mean, obviously, if you haven't heard of M, you've definitely at least heard of Metropolis or seen, seen something from it. Um, yeah. Fritz Lang is a hugely uh, influential um, director. 
who I I mean yeah anyone anyone who knows who knows anything about film also has easily heard of Fritz Lang if you're just a movie fan in general um he's a he's a big name and um I would say this is um not one of his, of his more talked about films uh obviously Metropolis and M are are two of the big ones um but uh I feel like I've heard the name Big Heat before this but I'd uh, I never knew it was a Fritz Lang uh, film until we uh, decided to uh, to do it for our little noir episode here. Yeah, I think we picked. I think we picked it based off the name, maybe. Yeah, probably. Just like probably just saw the cover and the name, like wow, that looks that looks good. Yeah, it's the big heat. Yeah, the big heat. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think I almost confused it with the big sleep at one point too. Um, but but yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, I really love this, and I think it's definitely. Uh, one of my favorite noir films, um, for sure. Definitely. After watching that, and one I want to watch again. Um, yeah, obviously. this is definitely one of the. It's a heavyweight noir for sure. It's yeah. definitely one of the the better noir films I've seen for sure. Mm-hmm. It reminds I, you of something like Double Indemnity or something like right. that, where it's really goes deep and it's got it's the scope is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I uh, I also wrote down. Um, just you know, with our double feature here, I uh, I th- I thought Nightfall was a great crime story or whatever, and I'm glad I, I watched that one first. Um, but I just thought The Big Heat was so much more memorable uh, in a way. You know, I really liked Nightfall, and that's definitely one I want to watch again. But the The Big Heat, yeah, it was more on a grander scale, uh, I guess, more like Double Indemnity. Um, yeah, and, and overall, just. Um, the the story and the feel the the writing even it all felt um it didn't feel dated to me because sometimes it can also seem uh like yeah i think it's very clear um that this film has influenced a lot of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of crime movies going forward and just it holds a lot of weight to just talking about like things like corruption in general um you could argue this film like influenced the dark Knight, even or something like that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's, it's that, like it's that, um, it's that important on how it focuses on corruption. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I'll, I'll read the, uh, this, uh, plot summary is a bit longer, but I'll read uh, a good chunk of it to give you an idea of what it is. Um, and maybe something fun to do is, uh, is go watch the movie and then listen to this. Uh, just in case we spoil anything, but uh, but also it would still be good when you go back and listen to it. So uh, just ignore me. Anyway, the plot summary is uh, Dave Banyan is an uptight cop on the trail of a vicious gang. He, he suspects hold the power of the police force. Uh, then Banyan's tipped off after a colleague's suicide and his fellow officer's suspicious silence led him to believe that they are on the gangster's payroll. Um, and I don't want to say too much, I guess, um, too much more without giving too much more away. Um, but uh, but basically, um, it's all about this tough cop Banyan who takes on a powerful you know crime boss, uh, crime syndicate, I guess, um, in the city. And um, he kind of yeah, he's kind of he's a loose cannon in a way. He goes goes <laughs> off on his own. <laughs> um, one of those I feel like tropes from like noirs too. It was like you know the 
the police chief is like, ah, you're a loose cannon, you know, turn in your badge and all that stuff. Yeah. And that happens in this, which I, I really ate up. I love it. I, cause I thought Banyan was a great character and, uh, and it turns into a great revenge uh, story for him too. It's like, you will pay. Yeah. <laughs> they will pay. Yeah. He had some great quotes too. You just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. He's just like the strong willed American hero unfazed by anything. Yeah. And and in this specifically, like you're kind of you become when you become more aware of um, how connected the cops are and and this um, criminal underworld, like like while you like are like wow, Glenn Ford is so badass. You're still kind you're kind of like worried for what he will in- unveil as he mm-hmm. as he investigates further and keeps shaking guy after guy down you're like what will he find and will he be okay you know like will he be safe or like you know you're almost worried about it the whole time yeah yeah absolutely and uh on the poster here is one of these good lines uh it says somebody's gonna pay because he forgot to kill me yeah Um, yeah so that's i mean it's such another fact i don't think it's a huge spoiler but um turns into a revenge story because his wife is um is killed in what was supposed to be you know that the crime uh the criminals thought that it was going to be him that uh that turns his car on and, and sets off this bomb but it ended up being his wife um and that scene i actually really um that really stood out to me because i was not expecting that at all you know he he goes and sits down with his kid um that night and okay you know the wife left that's it and then all of a sudden bam like this huge explosion goes off and i thought that was all really well done for um for the time too yeah definitely it just sets you into that noir plot point you know that noir plot point that sets you into that noir journey like and it's mm-hmm. done very effectively and yeah it's it, it definitely holds that emotional weight for the rest of the movie especially when you just see how disturbed this man is the rest of the time and how angry, just how angry he is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the thing too. You know, he gets into, uh, you know, he butts heads with um, the police force and everybody else who, you know, he's trying to, he's really trying to, as a policeman, um, you know, just trying to get to the bottom of this. And then he ends up, he just realizes he has to go out on his own. And it's just because of, his rage and just wanting yeah. to um, get revenge, find out who did this to, to yeah, his wife. Yeah. And he's, and no one can beat this guy in a fight. No you know, way. Yeah. Nobody. And he's not scared of anyone. He's definitely one of like, out of just one of the strongest noir protagonists, like ever. Yes. Like, for sure. And, and Glenn Ford just plays this guy so well. Oh yeah. So good. I even like something, um, I, this stood out to me too, is when, uh, he's just such a badass in this. And when he's interrogating um, someone from uh, the mob and, uh, and he's getting information from him and then the guy, he's just like, okay, you're, you know, you're going to kill me now. He just expects that Banyan's just going to kill him right there. And then he just says like, no, but I'm going to tell all your friends that you are the rat, which is almost worse. It's almost worse that he did that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, told the, told the whole crime syndicate that he that he was the rat and they basically they kill him too um rather than killing him there i just thought that was um uh that was just a really badass thing to do at the same time (laughs) 
I'd say the films that uh, this one, like we talked about Fargo from the other one, like just some, just some films um, that uh, this, I felt this reminded me of uh, would be like something like the departed um, Mm -hmm. Serpico with Al Pacino um, and Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It reminded me a lot, a lot of just that the American hero just facing a, a corrupt system. Yeah. And Chinatown's another good example of, uh, um, obviously not modern day since it's from the seventies, but um, a noir movie made past, you know, the prime of uh, noir, I would say. Yeah. And Chinatown yeah, definitely. definitely seems influenced by it. Um, yeah. And I just, I really felt like it, it held up for today's standards too. I thought that the dialogue and, um, uh, and everything was really great. And like I said before, it didn't seem, it didn't feel outdated or that, you know, you really have to put yourself, okay, this is, um, you know, this is back in the fifties. Got to remember that. So some of the things they say or do like, um, you know, you just have to remember that it's this different time period. So things are different, but I I felt like it really, um, really held up that all the themes and, uh, and events in the movie really held up for today's standards too. And I, I think the lack of it being a contained movie, just the fact that there's so many characters and villains that we discover that are connected to this crime syndicate as it goes on, almost like benefits us um, when we watch it. Cause we are used to like mo- bigger, bigger plots, um, more, almost more convoluted plots and, and, this I think that that helped help me even in this just like it was something I was used to it felt more modern in that way yeah totally yeah yeah and there's a lot of a lot of characters too a lot of memorable characters um yeah it's not just you know there's just this one crime boss and then his goons um you know you you remember a lot of his uh his main henchmen and everything too um so yeah everything from the the protagonist to uh, you know, the mob and the cops. Uh, yeah, I just felt like all the characters um, really blended well together for a, a really great story. Um, and yeah, definitely one I'm going to uh, going to watch again. Uh, and just looking at some of these, um, some of this other, you know, these facts about it, pretty much everyone in, um, in the film industry or who is a film pundit in a way, um, you know, has this on their best movies list. Uh, you know, Roger Ebert uh, apparently included it on his great movies list. It's listed in the 1001 movies you must see before you die. So um, I feel like it's not a, a huge, a huge name that everybody knows. It's definitely one that um, I think everyone should know. And that um, anyone who's interested in movies would definitely uh, enjoy seeing. Yeah, and, and I think I think the, uh, there's something like Jocelyn. I remember. Do you remember Jocelyn Brando's character? Uh, yeah. Was she? Um, she's kind of like was the, she Glenn the, Ford's wife? The muse of the crime syndicate, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I th- I really liked that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really liked how she's seen at the beginning as a as just kind of the the groupie of the crime syndicate and you almost admire her. She's one of those strong, like a lot, there's a lot of strong like female characters in noir that are, Mm -hmm. are like almost manipulating the men. 
And but then when you kind of see her being abused by um <laughs> by the villain in this, it, it kind of really holds a lot of weight, you know. It it almost yeah. you feel like you've you've uh dipped into this disgusting world. Yeah, and she uh she went through a lot uh in this too. Um being she actually happens involved to be in uh, Nightfall as well. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Hold the fort. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Who is she in uh in Nightfall? Um we'll do some uh some research here. Just had it. Oh, I see it. Laura Frazier. I, I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember who that is. Um Oh yeah, okay. Well, anyway, I mean, there's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the big heat like is the reason why we decided not to recast because the big heat has so many memorable characters that you're you, they all kind of blend together. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a, there are moments where you forget about Glenn Ford a lot in it because the cast mm-hmm. is so big. Yeah, and that's uh, it really, yeah, it feels like an ensemble movie in a way, too. I mean, Lee Marvin uh, is in it, and he's uh, he's a pretty big name uh, that people would definitely recognize. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's not a whole lot more I could say other than how much I really enjoyed this one. And it's, it's a just good, a great... It's a really must-see noir landmark for sure. You know, yeah. like when you're going through the noir heavyweights, like it's up there at the top, mm-hmm. you know, you could like some people probably put it the Mount Rushmore of noir. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not a tough watch at all. You know, a, a lot of these are, um, like I said, you know, they're not going to be these super long epic, uh, movies or they're, they're very concise in a way. And, um, uh, and yeah, that's why I feel like they're definitely a good, uh, a good entry into, some more classic films um, too. If yeah, you haven't, uh, if you definitely. haven't seen too many um, from back in the day and, and, and I mean, these, both of these were from the fifties too. And even, you know, in the, the thirties, there were plenty of noirs, thirties, forties. Um, it was probably even more made back then. Um, and I was actually going through some research on the most popular film genres, um, you know, throughout the years. And, um, back in this time, uh, by far, it was, it was the big three were noir, crime, and musicals and westerns, which yep. you can definitely see. This, these were, you know, this um, these few decades here, you know, when the Big Heat came out and the musicals we talked about before, like Meet Me in St. Louis and everything. That's like the golden age of. Um, you know, all of these kinds of movies. Yeah, um, and each genre kind of had their own, like, things to say about America in their own way. Mm -hmm. So they're, like, kind of like time capsules. Yeah. Yeah, and especially, I mean, a lot of uh, of noirs came out, um, you know, around World War II and when that's all going on, and then um, during the Cold War uh, as well, um, which, of course, is then uh, when you see... um, a lot of the James Bond movies come out uh, too, which I guess you could also say those are influenced by um, noirs as well. 
Um, yeah, definitely. A lot of noir protagonists for sure. Mm-hmm. Just influenced American hero, you know, American protagonist, you know, American yeah. heroes for years to come. Like I talked about like how like Ira Clint would reminded me of like, you know, in uh, Clint Eastwood in like a fistful of do- dollars reminded me of Die Hard or something like that. A lot of these noir like detectives really remind me of, you know, just every protagonist that comes, you know, through the nineties and beyond, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For real. Uh, and another notable thing about like these, uh, the protagonists in a lot of noirs, um, are often, you know, veterans from, from world war two, uh, or world war one or something too. So mm. it's, um, I think that was also a, you know, a heavy influence just being in, um, war times, um, back in the day as well. Um, cause obviously that took up a lot of the, uh, the media space, um, being in a, in a major world war. Yeah. World war two was like a big boom in the film industry. It was yeah. like the biggest boom for Hollywood was in the forties during world war two. Yeah, for sure. I forget exactly why, but <laughs> there were some reasons. <laughs> Maybe to, uh, I don't know, distract people or, uh, well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the economy was boosted again, and yeah, definitely. So, I mean, out of both of these, these are both uh, great noirs to get into. Um, it'll, it'll definitely make you want to watch more because it's only making me want to watch uh, more and more noirs. And uh, and yeah, like we said, check out some some of the more modern day ones that uh, have been influenced by these movies. Um, you know, do a double feature of Fargo and. Uh, and nightfall or um or even nightfall in the big heat like us and uh and yeah let us know your thoughts let us know if you have your your own favorite noirs um and then uh and then maybe next time when we have smaller smaller cast sizes we'll do some recasting too yeah luke uh any uh any final thoughts on um on our double feature here or uh, no i thought we picked a good duo uh they were both very different in their own way i thought we were able to bring two different uh, different insights uh, from each one so able, we were able to fit some variety in there and uh, yeah no it was cool that we were able to dive into the Columbia Noir uh, collection as well because we watched a couple good ones and there's only there's only a few more like now that I looked at it um, you know we, we could we mm-hmm. could if we just watched like five or six more we've seen the whole collection so <laughs> yeah so definitely uh, you know if you're interested in checking them out um, they're always on uh, on the Criterion channel, uh, and there's also um, you know some some of these older noirs can actually be found on YouTube for free. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah, probably don't be afraid to just look them up on <laughs> yeah, YouTube. Just do it, why not? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, you know soon we'll be back with uh, with some more um, classic movies, um, as well as we'll continue our director series yes. on uh, Hitchcock, Hitchcock and Kurosawa. And Kurosawa. The two icons, uh, so look out for that. And uh, if you want to study up before those, remember get the Criterion Channel, check out some Hitchcock and Kurosawa, uh, or go to your yeah, local I library. All Who the knows? ones we'll be talking about <laughs> will be on the Criterion Channel. Yeah, so uh, so go check them out. And uh, until then, we'll uh, we'll see you later. <laughs>